everybody, RC Alien Nation version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 102. And for the first time in a long time, guys, I, I come to this recording uh, not excited. I just haven't been, today especially, I haven't been feeling it. And of course, we're all aware of the situation that happened here recently. Young man, age of uh, 19, I believe he was, wasn't he, guys? Yeah, yeah. His name, uh, Roman Pirozek Jr. of New York. On line pilot factory pilot guys or do, do we know the details on yep. that factory pilot there's so many questions you just don't know what does this you know what does this mean for the hobby how does this affect each one of us individually how does this make you as a hobbyist consider what you're doing personally how do we how do we take this event and maybe learn from it we're going to kind of change things up. Normally, we go through our routines. We kind of tell you guys what we've been doing. We decided that maybe, you know, there's, we try to joke around a lot. This, uh, this really isn't a, there's nothing here to joke about. So we're going to jump right into this, this topic. Of course, Nick, Justin, and Jesse, okay. you guys are all here. Go, guys. So I want to start with, with what Nick has, to, what, Nick, what do you think? Well, I mean, what's what is your, what has been your thought process the last couple of days as this event uh, unfolded? You know, I've, man, I've said it numerous times um, on here, and this, it sounds kind of weird, you know, weird and harsh to say, but it, uh, you know, it, it was a matter of time. And I think everybody in the back of their minds could kind of agree with that. You know, that, that something something bad was bound to happen eventually. It is, it's horrible. You know, you never want it to happen. You don't want it to happen to anyone. You don't want it to happen to your worst enemy. For me, the most, the, the hardest part about this whole event was, you know, we, we sit and we listen to, um, you know, news, uh, articles, you know, internet news, local news, whatever. You know, we listen to that stuff every single day. And we just automatically listen to it and assume that that's what happened. And I think that this is really like the first accident or event, you know, that has happened in a in a hobby that, I've been so involved in and know, you know, factually based just how much these people don't care about getting the right information. And I think that's kind of been the hardest thing is that, you know, this one has felt very, I felt very helpless. Over the last couple of days, like, you know, you're sitting here as an individual going that that that's not true. I mean, you know, here's a young, extremely talented pilot. I, I did not know him personally, but from from what I've heard, who was more than willing to help people. You know, he's a, he's a team pilot. He's very skilled. And the audacity of these people to try and paint him, you know, in a bad light over stuff that they don't know anything about. You know, they put up the video of him, uh, of him doing some, like some funnels and then an auto at the end or whatever. And then it's all of a sudden, Oh, he flies dangerous. You know what? Screw you guys. I mean, seriously, go out there and educate yourselves before you just start, just start spewing crap gas-powered turbine, blah, blah, blah. I mean, is that exact fact a big deal or not? No, it's not. But it just goes to show the effort that the lack of effort that people put into to really finding finding out the truth and, and understanding, you know, it, that in my opinion, this was nothing more than a tragedy and an accident. It was an accident. That's it. We all take 
risks, there are calculated risks every time we fly. You know, people don't, and no matter how minimal those risks are, they are always there. It's no different than, it's like criticizing someone for getting in their car and driving down to the grocery store. Because guess what? You have more of a likelihood dying doing that. But, you know, oh, no one's ever going to blame someone for doing that. But because now this is something that they don't know about. It's new. It's, ooh, ah, holy cow, it's remote-controlled helicopters. And so now we're just going to spew shit all over the place to make it a quote-unquote better story when it was just a tragic accident. You know, I just, I, I think that's the the hardest for me. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I've I've just really struggled with that because it's like, it's such a helpless feeling because you want to correct it all. It's like you can't you can't hit caps lock hard enough, you know, when you're typing and and, and you want to call and just yell and scream at everyone, but you don't know who to call and yell and scream to. That this was not, you know, out of control, that this was not anything like that. This was an accident. It would be no different you know, out if he's out riding dirt bikes with his buddies, you hop on that dirt bike, you are taking a calculated risk. Or or you go out and do any hobby, any single hobby other than just sitting there doing absolutely nothing, there are inherent risks. And this was just a, a bum deal, you know? I, I think... Yeah, just the the media has just got me so sick, and that's the part that's just beating me down. You know, probably more than anything. It's just before I ask Justin and Jesse that same question, I I want to just say that um, I made a mistake. I made a mistake that I happened onto I don't know whose blog, a blog, a news blog, I think ABC or something to that effect, and. If you got, I mean, the one thing, I, the mistake I made was actually taking the time to read the comments. And I can, I can, man, can I understand what you're saying, Nick? Reading what these people who know nothing about the hobby were saying based on this article that they just read. And I'm not, dude, there were hundreds of comments. It was it was infuriating. It was just like what is what is going on? Are people so easily is that all it takes? Is just one one silly article? You know, one inciting article? Yeah, it's it's disgusting. Quite frankly, it is. It, it, this has been you know, I guess events happen throughout our lives where you sit back and you just you know, you shake your head and and you say I just, <laughs> what, you know, a race is, what, for me, I feel this way anyway. I, I'll just sit back and say, you know what, what a, what a fucking disappointment we are as human beings. You know, the, the, right. the crap that has come out of people's mouths, you know, I, I don't know where, I don't know where and at what point someone found it in their mind, acceptable to start running their mouth or running their opinion without giving, you know, due time for everyone to grieve properly. I mean, where where are our manners as people, as human beings? You know, I understand that there's going to be controversy over this, and I'm actually okay with that because I think that, you know, um, controversy brings and, and can feed new ideas you know, and, and new, just new concepts and ideas of, of possibly how can we grow? I mean, that that's how you grow as a person. That's how you grow as a, as a country and as a people. You learn from mistakes, you know, but there's, there's a time and a place to discuss that. Less than two or three hours after someone, a, a family just lost their son. 
these people have the audacity to start running their mouth? I mean, are you kidding me? It's it's just sickening. Yeah, I agree completely, dude. Yep. I mean, it it's been it's definitely been a rough few days, I think, for all of us. And, you know, mm-hmm. to tag off of what both of you two have said, really the most frustrating part to me, I mean, I, I understand the the frustration and I'm equally frustrated with the lack of factual content real correct content in the media but we've all been around it enough to know that that's kind of how it works and it's unfortunate but but it happens that didn't strike me nearly as strongly as some of the ignorant and downright disrespectful responses from people i mean i i read a number of different responses on facebook like i'm sure everyone else has that was that were just absolutely offensive. There was one guy that actually had the balls to to post after someone saying, "Here's the news article. This man lost his life in a in an RC helicopter accident." And the only response this guy had was "moron." And I thought, F- "You, dude. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, F- you." I mean, that it doesn't make a difference what the accident is. It doesn't make a difference whether that's a an RC a helicopter, whether that was an automobile accident or an airplane accident. The fact that people are that tasteless, that thoughtless is, is just quite frustrating. You know, my, from my perspective, I guess I, I could wax philosophical about a number of different issues with the situation. And really what it comes down to, to me, I, I'm a fact-driven person. I'm an engineer. You guys know that. That's that's how I live my life. And to me, I, I really do believe, as as you said, Nick, it's a calculated risk. This is something that all of us go out and do every weekend in the hobby. We all know the risks that are inherent in flying these machines. And not just helicopters, airplanes, right? They can be dangerous as well. We know what we need to do to prevent things from going wrong. We know what we need to do to help minimize those risks. Sometimes we do it. Sometimes we don't. But every time each and every one of us make that decision, that's a calculated risk that we take. And it is no different than any of the other, you could call it an adrenaline sport, certainly at its extremes with all the 3D, we all do it because we get a rush out of it. It's no different than someone that goes and skydives, right? Uh, I know, Nick, you've been doing skydiving your entire life. It's no different than someone who goes and puts their lives in the hands of themselves and their team on a mountain. My wife and I have been doing mountaineering and climbing for years. In the mountaineering and climbing community, as I'm certain it is the case in the skydiving community, you know when there are people on the edge of that sport that are pushing the limits, that are at the top. We have a saying in mountaineering where, well, some of us do, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And that's an unsettling thought. But when you put yourself in that situation, you accept that there is a risk that you could become seriously injured or lose your life. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to attempt to embellish this situation to the height of risk that some people take in mountaineering or other extreme sports. But the bottom line is that we all know what we're doing and uh while this is an absolutely tragic event, it is rare. It does not happen all the time. I believe if the facts are correct, there has only been one other person in the United States to have lost their lives to an RC helicopter. I think it was back in the 90s. It was a flight instructor in Texas. Obviously, we know of of the Swiss man who died earlier this season it doesn't happen regularly, but it is one of the risks that we take. And if you go back to your, you know, talking about facts and calculations, 
look look at the growth in the hobby. You know, it, it's it's skyrocketed in the last five years. Absolutely. And so, you know, just because more accidents happen does not mean it's more dangerous. That's that's a byproduct of more people doing it. Oh, <laughs> you know, absolutely. You, you put more people on the road, there's going to be more car accidents. Yep. It and as mean- more people push the limits of 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 the hobby, of the maneuvers and the skills and take it to that next level, there's obviously more potential for uh for injury or for issues for things going wrong. And it doesn't always have to be someone losing their life or someone taking a serious injury, losing a limb or limbs uh, or, or the loss of the function of their body in, in one way or another. You know, I mean, if you think about it, for those of you who fly RC helis, whether you've only just started and you're learning how to do circuits or you can go and throw down with the best of them, we've all been there, guys. How many times have you been there at the field and you've performed a maneuver or attempted to and it hasn't gone the way you wanted it goes south quick you're able to you're able to uh recover from it sometimes you're not sometimes the heli crashes sometimes the heli crashes in a situation where it does put people at risk perhaps behind the flight line perhaps in the pits but it happens all the time And that's something that we all understand and we've all been there. Roman wasn't doing anything different. It was just a mistake. And it's an unfortunate one, but. Absolutely. Jesse, let's hear your thoughts initially. The main thing for me is it's got to be like the age and how competent of a pilot he was. I mean, it's not like this was just, you know, some guy who just starting out doing normal circuits and stall turns and flips and rolls i mean this was a an aligned factory team pilot so i mean i guess just the main thing is that just kind of shows to me anyways makes me take a step back that this could honestly i mean this could happen to anyone i mean this guy was just out there he's probably doing his normal you know, weekend routine, he was just, pra- you know, practicing his maneuvers, possibly getting ready for a competition. I, you know, I don't know all the details, but I mean, really this, I guess what just makes in in my mind anyways, what makes it so much worse, what makes me shock, take a step back from the hobby, whatnot, is that this, you know, it's, it's not just this one situation. This really could have happened to anyone. I would agree. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that similar to me over the last 48 hours have been struggling with a few issues. It would be a little hypocritical of me to not raise issues that I have raised when it comes to the hobby in general. And and I, I completely understand what you guys are saying, especially Nick and Justin, there is an, there is an element of accepting risk when we do what we do in in any way, shape or form, driving to work, you know, drinking beer, smoking cigarettes, using skull. There's an element of risk in everything we do. What I've been struggling with was the idea. Are we doing enough as stewards of the hobby? Is is this a senseless tragedy? Is there something that can be learned from it? It's it's horrible to imagine that a kid simply doing what we all do is dead because of it. You know, the, the hobby is, to a lot of us, means a lot. And it it's a little frightening, as silly as this might seem. I know there's people out there that get it. It's a little frightening to think that these issues, these 
I'm going to try to stray away from the word safety issues because I don't really think it's a safety issue because by all accounts, Roman was doing everything by the book. He was at an AMA sanctioned field. Is that, is that, as you guys understand it, a fact? Yep. 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 He was an accomplished pilot. He, in other words, yep. somebody didn't just throw a 700 in his hands and say, here you go, buddy. Have at it. Yep. You know? He people, people there. there. He wasn't flying alone. Yep. We've talked about that many times. But there is a reality. There's a very real, distinct possibility. And I can assure you guys that the moment that story broke, and it broke on a national level, it didn't hit the big cycle, but CNN took it, NBC took it, ABC took it, uh, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal. Those are yep. pretty major media outlets. And I can promise you, oh, yeah. when that broke, keyboards around the country started to melt. There are, there are going to be repercussions from this incident. There's just no way around it. I actually want to read you something. Uh, I don't think you guys are aware of this, as I just found out. Uh, this is, you know, this is what we're up against. Uh, this came from um, or a Wall Street Journal, New York, uh, Metropolis. City councilman is calling for a temporary ban on remote-controlled helicopters around the city, including yep. Brooklyn's Calvert. Faux Park, where a 19-year-old hobbyist was killed on Thursday when a model, model helicopter he was flying crashed into his head. Councilman Dominic Richia, who represents the section of Gravesend where the accident happened, asked the Department of Parks and Recreation in a letter sent on Friday to declare a moratorium on model helicopter activity in New York City parks until a thorough investigation is conducted and, if necessary, safeguards are put in place to mitigate the likelihood of similar accidents in the future. And I didn't know. I did not know that. That's just how yeah, it starts. So I want to. I want to take a step back. Let's personalize this a little bit. Not necessarily this incident, but you know, most of the listeners are familiar with my story and why I get so wrapped up into helicopters. Don't really feel there's a need to go over that again. But I will say there was a time where helicopters, RC helicopters brought me back from certain demise. I mean, I was on a one-way street I needed something to look to look forward to, and helicopters was it. And that's why this hobby it means so much to me. And this these are the the struggles that I've been dealing with just the last few days because part of me wants to lash out and go, "What were you thinking, dude?" You know. And then the reason, all the logical part of me goes, "But damn, he wasn't doing anything wrong." And then mm -hmm. the irrational part says, "Well." Damn it, that doesn't matter. Look at the consequences of what this is going to bring. It's kind of this this internal struggle that I'm sure a lot of people are having. I It's tough. It's tough because you don't want to say, you know, we're not here to make anyone think that anyone here at our alienation is hypercritical of the situation that, that, that transpired when all the elements collided and Roman ended up dead. You know, no one can control that, but it's this struggle that I'm having because, you know, I've said it before when we were talking about the quads and the drones and the effect on the hobby, we've talked about the pros. We, yeah. We know you're good. We know you can fly the shit out of that helicopter, but you know what? We can, we can still see how good you are if that helicopter is another 30 feet out there, right? We can still see that you're yeah. a fantastic pilot. Then there's the wow factor. All these things, I mean, I, the, I get it as a hobbyist. I understand it because I'm just as excited to see that 
as the next guy when we go to a fun fly and we get to watch these fantastic pilots fly. But then there's just the the hobbyist side of me that sits here in Montana and I just want to enjoy my hobby without fear that some craziness is going to happen and we're going to be hobbyless. Have you guys have Maybe. you guys had any of these types of internal like fighting within yourself trying to trying to rationalize these thoughts? Oh, it's man, yeah. it's it scares the crap out of me. It absolutely does. I I don't I mean, this hobby for me has been you know, a lot of people don't I, I guess without digging too far back. Um th- those who know me know that I'm quite uh I'm kind of an all over the place kind of guy. I'm, I'm ADHD pretty bad. I have one of those where if if I passed away tomorrow, I could truthfully say that I have lived three lives worth of fun and and you know <laughs> um yeah, I, I I grew up skydiving, and I've, I mean, geez, yeah. If it had an engine, I've owned one, and I've made it faster than it needed to be. And I've just been very fortunate and very blessed. But what has come along with that is I have destroyed because of just my obsession with stuff. When I get involved with something, it's very, very difficult for me to to continue life in general. Uh, it's very consuming for me and these other hobbies have they've I have allowed myself to destroy relationships families marriages and so when I found this hobby you know it's kind of I'm so adrenaline go got to get that rush driven that I, n- I never would have guessed that I would have found it in this, but it has given me every piece of the pie that I needed to do to maintain stability. You know, I mean, I get to, to sit here and just hang my geek out with tuning and building and designing and creating. I mean, I love that. I can do that for hours and hours and hours. Well, <laughs> days and days and days. <laughs> and, you know, yet I get to do that in my basement, at my home, not away from my family. You know, and on the other side of that, I get to walk out to the field and just f- fly something that is phenomenal. Every single time I fly, I'm amazed by what it is that these machines can do and what it is that we can make them do. And that really feeds that, you know, got to push. This is intense. This is awesome. I'm having so much fun. It's fast feeling because you can, it, it is the single most humbling hobby that I've ever been involved in. So it's like the perfect fit for me and everything. I mean, if I didn't have this, I'm back to, you know, I feel like for me, this hobby fills all of the voids of what I need, you know, and the, and then on the, the added bonus of it all, it is a hobby where I have, I have met lifelong friends in and I have met some of the nicest and great. This hobby has such amazing people as a whole. You know, just amazing people as a whole. That These are good people. You know, I can bring my son, I can bring my son anywhere in this hobby with me. And I know that he will be treated well. And, you know, people will respect the fact that he's a child and that he's my son. You don't get that at the track. <laughs> you know, you, you don't. You don't get that at the drop at the drop zone because it's just you know there there's a there's a level of of respect and in this hobby and just we're all in it together that is very important to me and it was something I didn't expect to see I never expect to get but now that now that we're here and and I'm experiencing it I'm very protective of that you know, I'm I'm very protective of that because I feel like, man, I can I can raise my son, and if 
if you know, I hope, but again, I'm not going to push. But if he wants to be involved in this hobby, finally, I can look at him and be like, would you like to do this with me? Because I'm proud to say this is my hobby. You know, it's something that I don't have to hide. I don't play pool, you know, at a bar. (laughs) (laughs) And and so that's, I, I I know exactly what you're saying. That is the selfish side of it, where it's like, screw you people, don't. Don't mess up my hobby for me because it has given me personally so much stability. I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it with the word selfish. And I think that internal, you know, you see these things that happen and what makes it tough because it sucks. It's it's horrible. I mean, somebody's lost a family member. But at the same time, it makes me feel like a piece of shit for thinking, well, great, how is this going to affect my hobby? What a, what a horrible, you know what I mean? That's Yeah, I, I, it's kind I, of don't, double-edged. I don't think it's horrible because I think if you put yourself in uh, – in Roman's shoes a few days ago, I don't think he would have disagreed. I mean, anyone in this hobby that loves it as much as every everyone, you know, that we, we talk to and know does feels that way. I mean, the, the first two emotions that go through your head, whenever you hear there's an accident, whether it's a fatality or not is, holy crap, that's terrible, I I hope this person is okay, or I feel terrible for the family, and oh man, what is this going to do to the hobby? So I think that's natural, and I don't think people should feel bad about that. And like I said, I mean, I'll, I'll be so bold as to assume that Roman would feel the same exact way if he was still around. I mean, at the end of the day, it could have been one of us, and it doesn't need to be a fatality, but, you know, Nick, what if what if you were the one that made a mistake, you were doing what you were doing, you're flying your routine, not doing anything crazy, you're trying to be responsible and safe, and something happens and, the you know, the heli loses control or you lose control of it and you injure yourself or a family member, or a friend, or an innocent bystander. I, I mean, you know, the, the first thing you're going to think is, holy crap, I can't believe that happened, I feel terrible, but the second thing is, now what's going to happen to the hobby? Oh, it, it's uh, <laughs> the first thing that came in, into my mind. You know, I, I came downstairs today, and... I was running around and just had so much stuff to do today, getting moved on jobs. And I walked by my helis and I was like, God, I'm just, I'm going to go grab one to go get a flight in, you know? And now I'm sitting here going, holy shit, what if it's this next flight? How selfish if I, how selfish am I to go out and fly you know what if I what if I leave my son? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I felt the exact same way. I've been home sick the last few days this week, so I've had a lot of time to sit and think about it. And today, I actually felt well enough to actually go into the shop and start working on getting some of my helis going. And the first thing I thought was, "Holy crap!" You know what? What if I'm one mechanical failure away from that? I just spent four hours last weekend at the field, three and a half of which was me completely alone, flying and flying back to back and pushing and progressing. And, you know, it it makes you wonder. And yeah. it it makes me ask yeah. myself, what do I need to do to help minimize that risk? Am I doing everything in my power as a person to minimize the risk, the hobby notwithstanding. I mean, first and foremost, we talk about, you know, ourselves and our loved ones and our friends. Am I doing or ask yourself, are you doing 
everything in your power to minimize that risk that we all just sat here and said we accept every time we spool up that heli. Yeah, see, and, and kind of like you guys, I think my my internal struggle is a little bit different. I, I kind of look at it from how's this? How are we going to change the hobby, or how how are we going to learn from this? I guess, and how's this going to affect the hobby as a whole? Because kind of like Nick was saying, most of us are in this hobby because, I mean, let's face it, it's an adrenaline rush. You know, you're down low on the deck, you're trying new stuff, you're doing new moves. That's kind of like what what keeps us going. I mean, that's why we sim every night. That's why we're practicing. That's why we make sure our helis, you know, are the most mechanically capable to perform these maneuvers as possible. So, I mean, you know, you go to these big events and you're watching these professional pilots fly. What are we doing? I mean, they're on the deck, they're cutting grass, they're inches from the ground and we're there cheering. You know, we're, so it's kind of like, in a sense, the the pilots are flying dangerous, but it's like the crowd and all the spectators are kind of pushing the hobby in that direction. So I feel like there's a much bigger, bigger issue here that a lot of perception and perspective of the spectators and the pilots, I mean, it, it, we might need to reevaluate, you know, how we perceive how people are flying. And I guess that's what's really been on my mind is it's like I think, when I go. To- well, I think that, you know, I actually took a lot to heart what, um, you know, when, what is it? MT Tech. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The comp- the compass parent company the- yeah when you know when they made that statement you know after after heli masters there there wasn't even uh there wasn't even a like an an issue there was there i mean nothing happened right uh what do you what do you no, mean no close well, calls or anything like yeah, no close calls. No one got hurt. No one got well, hit that, or nothing. That, that was right after the that other accident. Wasn't that was it? the response. Oh, that's to right. The yeah, Swiss that was death. That was the response to that. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, and then you know, I think combine that with then everyone coming back and and seeing, you know, grouping all of these top pilots together. There was a lot of comments after Heli Masters. Was like, oh yeah. my god, we're pushing them to the point where. I mean, we're pushing the models to their maximum. And I, I want everyone yeah. to sit I want every single person to understand this. When we sit out here and we complain about oh this part broke or the or or that part broke, I want you guys to realize something. And I have talked with numerous professional pilots about this. Almost all of these guys can break these models on command. And I want you to yep. really get that and really understand that. They can take your favorite brand A, brand B, the fanciest, highest quality Italian, German, Taiwanese, whatever helicopter, and destroy it on command in the air if they want to. Yep. That is how hard the flying is getting today. So... You know, for for them to come back and just be like, you know, guys, it's just not worth it. You know, we all, you know, we all want to enjoy the hobby enough. Let's let's take a step as as spectators, as fellow hobbyists, mm-hmm. and not and not cheer that guy on. Cheer him for the yeah. for his incredible flight. Don't egg him on when he's you know, 10 feet in front of his face. Yes. Because the, we the all know how thing. it is. When you get fuel, when you get pumped, when people get you pumped up, you push. And you go low. And for the record, I don't think this has anything to do with low. No. Me personally, no. No, it's I, not low. It's It's close. not low. It's close, yeah. I, exactly. I mean, you and don't I'm not have saying, to be doing smack. You can be doing big no. air, and when you're spinning a heli doing a big five hurricane. feet in front of your face in a hurricane at 100 miles an hour, that's a dangerous thing to do. Yeah. So, yeah, and I mean, Nick, you're mostly talking about pro pilots, but it's like even thinking about myself and, you know, the flights that I do on a regular basis every single weekend when I go out to the field, it's like, man, there's there's really no need. It's like there's there's some maneuvers that I do where it's like, crap, if I lost you know, orientation for just a split second. I mean, but I mean, the heli would crash first off, but potentially it could be much worse. It's just like, it's always, you know, it's, 
it's stuff that risks it's risks that not just the pro pilots are taking but other pilots in the you know just pilots in the hobby in general well and you know i mean go back in your memory to the fun flies that we've been at this season and it's not just us for the rchn crew but everyone that's been to a fun fly this season or past seasons i mean we were just at snohomish we were at othello we were at our fun fly and how many hard awesome amazing spectacular flights were made and how many times did we all say ooh and ah in situations where if something were to go wrong it would have been really bad and then take that one step further and think about how many close calls you've seen this season and when i say close call i don't necessarily mean uh you know that they almost crashed it but i'm talking about a close call like they almost crashed it right in front of them or maybe they did crash it in front of them or maybe they crashed it behind them maybe they crashed it into the pits the four of us have already seen that two or three times this year yeah and that can happen i mean here's the thing you can't that is that is still a risk no matter how safe you know, I mean, I'm, Jesse, we were talking about, you know, we were joking about the, like, your crash with your nitro, right? That was not in an unsafe situation, but it's still a massive machine that when it hits the dirt. I, it, so, yeah, I mean, it, it hits the dirt. The tail is gone. It's like. And you have someone hand it to you that went, oh, that was by my trailer. That's not yeah, your fault. And you were being safe. And, and we that can't, was, you know, 25 feet out from me, 30 feet out. Yeah, so. we cannot avoid that stuff. And that's what I want everyone to understand. You, That is stuff that is not avoidable. Okay? It's going to happen. You are going to have dumb thumbs. Where it's, I mean, every single person listening right now has been in that spot where you go to move the heli one way. <laughs> it goes a different way because you thought you were a certain way and you freeze. Yeah, and and honestly, if these things weren't hard to fly, how many of us would still be doing it? I mean, you said Absolutely. everyone's going to have a dump thumb. Well, yeah, everyone's going to have a dump thumb. These things are hard to fly. I think that's what brings us all back every weekend. That's what pushes us to progress is it's like you feel like you're accomplishing something when you get that new maneuver down because these helicopters are inherently unstable and hard to fly. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, herein, uh, herein lies the argument, I think, that people will continue to engage in on and off from here on out, is what, you're right, absolutely correct. There, there are risks inherent in it. When you crashed your nitro, Jesse, you were not doing anything that was inherently... Uh, scary or no, dangerous or anything were, that I usually were, don't do or I mean, that, that you was, usually don't yeah, do. That right? was a normal was maneuver just, for me. It was a, it was a maneuver that you've done a thousand times before. Yep. And this time you didn't do it the way you were supposed to. And you crashed the heli. No one got hurt. Could someone have gotten hurt? Yes. I think the question really that the hobby needs to answer, and I don't propose to have an answer to it. I think it's going <laughs> to be the debate that we will see going forward as a result of of this accident and the other accidents that have occurred this year is what is the acceptable level of risk and can we put a standard on that or do we continue to do what we're doing there are situations where close calls have occurred where a pilot may or may not have been doing what they're capable of or typically doing but where they have done that in an environment where the risk has been increased, for example, night flying, okay, just as one. And and I'm not, just for the record, this is not just in making the argument to crack down. I'm asking us as heli pilots, as the RC heli community, what is the acceptable level of risk to take? What is the balance between not injuring ourselves or killing ourselves or putting us out of a hobby entirely and still getting that rush that we all know and love? Yeah, and the other thing is, is is it reasonable to 
expect other people, let's say we're at a fun fly, to expect spectators or other people that are there or other pilots that are, you know, away from the flight line to accept that same level of risk that maybe we're willing to accept. You know, let's say we're willing to accept a really high level of risk in this hobby. You know, can we really expect other people to want to take on that same risk? And should that basically reflect how we're going to fly at an event? Or should we, you know, be more considerate, I guess, and maybe not consider our own level of risk, but others' levels, other levels of risk when we're at an event? And, you know, yeah. Jesse, that's a really key point. And that's something that, quite frankly, I I predict or I see being the focus of of the aggression that's been built up because of this incident, at least in the near term. Because yep. it's one thing for you to say, I, Jesse, or I, Justin, or mm-hmm. Nick, or Dan, accept the risk. I walk up there to that flight line, and I know that if I do something wrong, it could cost me injury or my life. It's another thing entirely to put someone else in that situation, whether or not they know of the risk or accept it. And the mm-hmm. easiest way to decouple the pilot from the audience is making a clear boundary. And you see, we've talked about this before. Um, you see what happens in the European events. They have the big chain link fences or the nets up. That Now, that that does not remove the risk inherent to that pilot when they set foot on the flight line and they go and make the decision to do whatever it is they're doing. They can still become injured. They can still die. But it does not... Uh, it does not force, yeah. force that risk on everyone yep. else. Yep. This all feels so unsatisfying to me, guys. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I just, uh, I don't know. I, there's something else that's bothering me. And, and I guess I'm going to, I was, I've been sitting here listening to you guys talk and, and I've been thinking, should I bring this up? And I, you know, all this stuff aside, all of the talk of how can we change the hobby and how is it going to affect the hobby? I had an experience, an encounter, a communication with a person over this event that really has, for the lack of better words, it's it's really kind of affected my perception of the hobby as a whole. This, you know, we can, you know, and I think I said it when the guy in Switzerland and Compass brought out, or the parent company of Compass brought out that thing. I think I said it. Short memory span. Have any of us heard anything about that since? I mean, how many days did it take for us to not even consider that anymore? Guilty. I'm one yeah, of them. Not many. Yep. Guilty here as well. Yep. So in reference to this communication I had, you know, for whatever reason, you may not like me personally. I don't know how that could be because you don't know me personally. You may not like what we do here at RC Heli Nation. But this has been the one thing that really set me off on this, and I sent you guys a copy. But there's been further communication. I got a a letter. And this guy tried to equate my ranting about the quads. And and keep in mind, guys. I mean, let's face it. They were were giving away beer for contests that were just silliness in a public park. And and we went off on that. I went off on that. I did. So this guy kind of, I guess, tongue-in-cheek equated that rant, and he basically said, you guys need to shut your show down because there was a death in New York, and I don't like the way that's showing, or that's showing the hobby with a negative light, and I don't like that, so you guys should shut it all down. Can I read that? Go ahead, dude. All right, so I'm I'm going to quote this, and uh, whether Dan wants to or not, that's that's up to you, man. I, I'm not going to put the guy's name in. No, let's leave his out. name out, because you know what? Part of me is thinking, 
that's why this douche bag, that's what we'll call him, did this. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, to yeah. get a rise. To get yeah, a rise. Yeah, to get a rise. This, this has been bothering me all day long. All right, so I quote, Hey, buddy. So I seem to remember an episode where you were concerned that multi-rotors slash drones were going to ruin the hobby for everyone, and you said how you thought that if the people doing this should all just stop so that your part of the hobby would not be affected in any way. Well, I mean, that's a typo. Well, now it sure seems like these quote-unquote dangerous helis you're flying sure are drawing a lot of negative attention lately. And now, with this death in New York, I'm concerned that your part of the hobby is unsafe and that my part of the hobby will be negatively affected. So how's about you just stop doing that now, okay? And how did he sign it? Thanks, Mr. Hate Mail. First of all, this angered me. (laughs) I mean... I was angry when I read this. I mean, this guy chose the passing of a young kid to try to make some silly ass arguments. Stupid point. To to what I'm guessing he thought was going to remain a private jab at maybe me personally and RC Heli Nation. To make some silly point. <laughs> and it, I gotta, I, it, you know, sometimes you go through things and it's silly and I get this and I'm a logical person and I understand this is one douchebag, right? Don't let the douchebag affect you. But since I started RC Hilly Nation, and trust me, Nick and Justin and Jesse all know. I don't handle these kind of emails well because I take this shit pretty personally and I've taken my share of these types of emails without ever talking about them. And I've talked to a couple other friends and they're like, Dan, just let it go. But you know what? This guy needs to be called out because we're talking about, I mean, it, it, it was, it, it was like the same day. What kind of a human? Yeah, it was only a few hours afterwards. Yeah, not too long. Yeah, hours. So a few other emails have exchanged between this guy. And I remain civil and everyone because, you know, being Dan from RC Hilly Nation, I have to be careful when I send out communications, especially negative communications, because there's a likelihood that whatever I type in an email could end up in a very public forum. So I have to be careful about that stuff. (sighs) This guy follows up with an email. He says, wait a minute. It's okay for you guys to joke about a guy losing his fingers, but it's not okay to talk about the kid that got killed. Or you know what I mean? And I'm like, dude, wait a minute. Are you seriously equating a grown-ass man, conscious decision to stand next to a helicopter and spool it up with his hands inches away from the blades. Are you seriously equating that to an accomplished pilot? And we don't know the facts. We don't know what happened exactly. But nonetheless, an accident. Are you seriously equating that? And are you seriously trying to what are you trying to do? Because I, I still don't know. All I know is that anger, I'm angered over this greatly. I popped onto our chat box last night. And I, I just brought it up because it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. it. I just, I could not let this go. And all the guys said, dude, you just, you just have to just realize there's a douchebag in the, in the, in the bushel doesn't mean the whole bushel's bad. Uh, I just, I don't feel like touching my helicopters. I'm, I'm not in a good place right now with the hub. It's, I don't know. 
I just, I don't know how yeah, I, I let people it, affect me like this douchebag has affected me. Th- this guy, you know, it, it angers me. And I mean, it angers me to the point where it's a good thing it's only email and it wasn't said in person. But I, I, I got to tell you, and I, I know I, f- I find it funny that someone hates everything that we do so much. Just can't seem to get away and quit listening. Yeah, dude, dude, quit so, downloading the show. Yeah, let, let me tell you something, pal. Do us, do yourself, do this hobby a favor. This is not your side of the hobby. That your part, you know what our part of this hobby is? You pick up a remote control in your hand and you are in my hobby. You are in our hobby. Our hobby is every single forum out there. Our hobby is every single thing that flies in the air, goes on the ground, that is remote control. So how fucking dare you come in and say something like that about a young man that had his life taken, who enjoyed this hobby with his father? How dare you say anything like that? You know what? Leave our hobby. Everyone out there. These are all good people. You are not. Go away. It's not often, and I said it at the beginning of the show. Pretty much every time, come Friday night, Six o'clock rolls around. I get excited because we get to do what we do. I have not been looking forward to this episode. guys we're back we uh we hit the stop button because we just felt like maybe it was time but uh, we got to talking and we decided that there were one or two other things we needed to talk about kind of wrap this episode up i happened across to facebook and actually how i saw it mike fortin i saw mike fortin post um some guy that was in a news report apparently lives in that area I think you guys have seen this post, haven't you? You know what I'm talking about, the video. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This guy gets on the news, and I don't know. I don't. You know what? Just silliness. Spools up a helicopter in his hands to show the news people just how dangerous they are. But what was... I mean, is that the point of what he was doing? I really don't. I don't... I. I can't. I'm not sure. I mean, it's like these things are ridiculously dangerous. So let me spool it up and put it in front of my face and right in front of yours, too. I'm not even sure how he had the balls to do that, quite frankly. Or, or even if that was like an old video, or I'm not sure. Yeah, what it was. I, no, it was. He no, was being because interviewed. I think he was actually talking to the newscaster as he was doing it. Do you suppose they put oh, him really? up to it? So, they, yeah. I, you, you know, know what? Put him up to it? No, and you know why? Because of this dude's post on on Facebook, you know, where it's like he he's going on here talking about how dangerous things you know these are, and and I know because I build and sell them on eBay. Well, really, if you were concerned and you were your goal was to educate people on how dangerous these are, you ass clown. Don't spool up a freaking heli in front of your face. And and why would yeah. you why would you feel so obligated to let everyone know that you build and sell them on yeah, eBay? Well, 
little personal plug there, which was yeah, and then and then you go farther to... down. And if anyone needs any information, don't go out and run and buy something that you're not ready for. Come talk to me, and I'll help you get started in the right direction with the good first helicopter. And it's like you shameless pile. <laughs> well, and I mean, think about it this way: you're you're a member of the hobby, and we just spent a whole bunch of time talking about the fact that. You know, we're afraid of of what these sorts of things can do to our hobby. Even if the newscaster said to you, Dan or Nick or Jesse, can you, you know, for effect, can you go ahead and spool one of these up in your hands? I'd be like, no, No. you guys, you clearly don't understand. Let me educate you. Exactly. That is a foolish thing to do. I'm 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 dumbfounded. I mean, I, I yeah. really am. I I would if it was me and I had my way, and he did have AMA. I'd pull his AMA. I mean, it's just it's the God people. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> seriously. Really, what are you it's saying? Freaking killing I mean, me here. I'm disappointed, in in I'm just disappointed, guys. I I I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. It's like anything else. I mean, I've ran into my fair share of asshats in this hobby, as we all have. And, you know, I guess as we we took our little break there and we were kind of discussing, uh, you know, what we had talked about and and we, we talked a little bit about the simple fact that as the hobby grows, this kind of shit is going to be a byproduct of it. You know, silliness like this. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know how we combat it. We just continually remind people that these are dangerous machines and they need to be respected. Simple as that. And uh, I don't know how else to put it. I also wanted to bring up um, that if uh, there's been. Uh, uh, kind of like a, a donation thing set up to the Prozac family um, just to help with, you know, costs and, and everything else that, that's that's going on. These events are, I mean, uh, unfortunately, to just to be very black and white about it, they're, you know, they're financially, they're, they're not easy. Um, so if uh, you guys would like to donate to help that family out, um, there is a PayPal account that has been set up um, by the Seaview Rotary Wings. That's the club that uh, he was a member of and that his dad, I believe, is a vice president. Uh, so you can go ahead and send PayPal to, and the, that address is seaviewrotarywings at gmail.com. Again, S-E-A-V-I-E-W-R-O-T. A R Y W I N G S at gmail.com. So, yeah, if you guys have a little bit to spare, uh, send that over. I'm sure it could really help them out. You know, all the emotion aside, all the craziness aside, the last few days has seen some of the worst and some of the best that this hobby has to offer. Various posts and comments made. I think it's fitting to, yeah, you know, of course, if you're driving, I'm not asking you to stop what you're doing, focus. But if you're working on your helicopter, if you're simming, if you're doing something that can allow you to just take a minute, I think if we just have a moment of silence in remembering Roman and remembering what, not just his family's loss, but think about what you mean to your family. So I'm going to stop babbling and we're going to have a moment of silence.
guys, this has been episode 102. Normally we end with, we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it, but that doesn't seem fitting. So I will leave you with, have a good week. We will see you next Monday. Have a good one, guys. Tell me